Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, live stream church services, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 7 through 12, called Learning to Run Again. I want you to hold your place in Galatians and turn to the book of Hebrews for a second. This is going to be to your right, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And Hebrews 12 is a, the first part of Hebrews 12 is a summation of the great hall of faith. In Hebrews 11, all these lives were chronicled of heroes that had run the race before these Hebrew believers. You have Abel, you have Enoch, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, you have Noah and Abraham, Sarah, You have, as uh, the chapter unfolds, people like Isaac and Jacob, Joseph, Moses. You have uh, the folks who saw the walls of Jericho fall down. You have Rahab in verse 31. The writer says in Hebrews 11.32, we could talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David. Hebrews 11.32, we could talk about Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, probably a reference here to Daniel, quenched the power of of fire, probably his three buddies in Babylon, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. There's much more that could be said about this great cloud of witnesses here in Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith. But suffice it to say that these folks were just like you and me. They were normal, say, everyday people who were called by God, just like you as a believer have been called by God, called into a race that he wants you to win. See, the Lord has put you on his team to run a winning race. How are you doing? How is your pace? How is your attitude? Are you crumbling under the weight? I was reading a commentator this week who said that he played soccer in high school. And he said, you know, he would have his long summer. And every year when he come back to soccer, one of the things that they would do as a tryout for the team is they would want you to run a mile. And you had to run a mile, I think, under six minutes. And he said he would come back from summer inevitably, even though he's one of the better players on the team, he would inevitably, inevitably be out of shape. And so He said he was a senior in high school, as I recall the story, and he had to run a six-minute mile. And he said he he decided he was out of shape, but he said, I'm going to just... I'm just going to go hard and hopefully be able to coast into the finish. And he said, first couple of laps, he was doing really well, and he was out in front of everybody, but he was so out of shape that by the time the the race was three-quarters of the way done, people were passing him one after the other, after the other, after the other. He got out of the gate well. He was running well for a while, but he wasn't in shape, and he didn't finish well. And as he tells the story, he says he, he, by God's grace, was able to make the soccer team nonetheless, but it was a big lesson in his life. If you're not in shape to run, you can start well, but it's not about how you start, brethren. It's about what? It's about how you finish. So we have to pace ourselves and we have to think about this run in terms of the big picture. And someone had cut in. Just like we saw in Mary Decker Slaney's tragic fall in the 84 Olympics, she was tripped up. 
Jesus in Matthew 13 and some of the other Gospels tells the story, the parable of the sower or the soils. And as I was reflecting on that parable this week, I can tell you that that parable could be considered the parable of the hearts. Because Jesus says the soil, each of the soils represents the heart of people. And I won't turn you there for a second, but uh, for, for the sake of time, but here's what Jesus says, and you can go back and look at this in Matthew 13. He says about the seed, it's sown in the heart. The first soil never really penetrates, Matthew 13, 19. It sits on the surface and the enemy quickly snatches it away. The second soil immediately receives the word with joy, Matthew 13, 20. It gets out of the gate fast, if you will. It's enthusiastic and running hard, but it's got no staying power. And Jesus says, you know, the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. And he also uses this in the third soil as well. Persecution. Well, eventually that person just falls out of the race. You see, the issue in every, of the, every one of the soils that doesn't produce fruit, and in Galatians 5, we're going to get to the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit, is a hard issue. It's when the word comes, it's not, the issue is not the seed because the seed has life in it. The seed is the word of God. It's the gospel of the kingdom. But the seed hits different kind of soils or hearts. And what makes the difference is that heart condition, that soil condition. And if you recall the parable, Jesus says, there's only one soil or one heart that produces good fruit. Persecution, distractions, worries, deceitfulness of riches make uh, all the other soils unfruitful. But there's one soil that produces a great crop, 30, 60, 100 fold. What was the key to that soil? Please listen. In Luke eight fifteen, another version of the parable, Jesus says, and the seed in the good soil these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. Luke 8.15. It's time to do a heart check, don't you think? And when the word of God goes out, it's the same word. It's the seed of the word of God. It's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The power is in the seed, but the question is the soil, the condition of the soil. Is it, is it just on rocky ground? Is there a bunch of weeds there choking off the word? And just as Hebrews 12, if you turn back to Galatians chapter 5, just as Hebrews 12 tells us that we have to, uh, and actually I didn't even finish Hebrews 12, so let's go back there. Just as Hebrews 12 is going to tell us to take off the uh, weights, the sin that so easily entangles us, so we have to clean out the soil of our lives. Some of you have been doing that during this time. Back to Hebrews 12. I apologize. Got ahead of myself there. I was, I was summing up the, uh, the heroes in the hall of faith. And in light of those heroes, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, in light of that great hall of faith and some of the people we named, and we could name more, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, brethren, Hebrews 12.1, let us lay aside every encumbrance. You could also think of the soils here. Every rock, every weed in the soil that's uh, cutting off growth. 
the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Here's the key. And this idea in the Greek language means looking away from distractions, looking away from the things that so easily entangle, and looking afresh, learning to run again, looking afresh unto Jesus. What is he? He is the author and perfecter of our faith. That is, he called you to the race, and he will perfect you in the race. And when he brings trials and refining times into our life, it's for the perfecting purposes that will come out the other side uh, more purified than gold in our faith. Who for the joy set before him, see, he did the same thing. He set the mark. He set the pace. He's run the race. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This was what he had to endure. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at verse 3. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you, brethren, will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't you grow weary. Don't you lose heart, says the writer of Hebrews. And if you've studied the book before, go back to Galatians now. People were having their property repossessed for believing in Christ. They were being excommunicated out of the synagogue. Their lives had been upended. A normal everyday life was no longer true for them. To follow Christ was costly. And here we are, you know, we're, we're, uh, I'm here in Southern California, right? It's going to be, uh, the weather's nice. We have a great week of uh, summer-like weather coming ahead of us. But there are people struggling all around because the issue is an issue of the heart here. See, our circumstances, when, when our circumstances get tough, all of a sudden we have to look at our hearts. How do we run? Some of you might be saying, why should I run? Some of you, before this happened, your, your walk was already waning. You were already struggling and toying with sin. And, and now... Maybe you're asking this question, why should I run? The Christian life is a race. There's a beginning and there is an end. And by the way, there is a prize to obtain. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath. We, an imperishable wreath. A crown that will never perish. I'm amazed by uh, Olympic athletes and, and professional athletes and how hard they train and work. Uh, in, in the case of Olympic athletes, for a single moment, and you go back to thinking of some races where you know, uh, people were hurt in the race. They're in the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. Uh, a man named Derek Redman, I think he was running for Great Britain. Uh, he was on the track and he was running a, a distance race and he was a favorite. And as he was running and he was moving out into the lead, his hamstring snapped. And you can see, if you go back and watch this video later on the internet, 
You can see the agony in his face as he's trying to continue to run, but he can't. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath. We an imperishable wreath, a crown that will never perish. I'm amazed by uh, Olympic athletes and, and professional athletes and how hard they train and work. Uh, in, in the case of Olympic athletes, for a single moment, and you go back to thinking of some races where, you know, uh, people were hurt in the race. There, in the 92 Olympics in Barcelona, uh, a man named Derek Redmond, I think he was running for Great Britain, uh, he was on the track and he was running a, a distance race and he was a favorite. And as he was running and he was moving out into the lead, his hamstring snapped. And you can see, if you go back and watch this video later on the internet, you can see the agony in his face as he's trying to continue to run, but he can't. He, he, he collapsed, he got back up and he was hobbling to try to finish the race. And out of the stands came his dad. And some of the officials, you know, were trying to stop dad and nothing would stop him. And dad came alongside him, tried to encourage him, put an arm, you know, out to help him along and walked his son to the finish line. See, some of you think that you have to do this yourself to make it to the finish line. That's not what this about is about. Every step that you take, and this is what Galatians is all about, is a step that is by saving grace and empowered by empowering grace. That's what Paul is saying. This is not about circumcision. It's not about religion. It's about every step you take being a step that's empowered by the grace of God, by the grace of Christ. This is what we need to hear. This is the truth of the gospel. This is what separates Christianity from all other religion, religions and isms. 
It is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And in Galatians, the uh, Christian life is described in these different ways. In verse uh, 7, as a running race. In verse 16, as a walk. Take a look, Galatians 5.16. I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then look at 17, it's described as a war. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. And then uh, about a verse later, he's going to get into the deeds of the flesh. See, the flesh wars against the spirit. The Christian life is a running race, metaphor, picture. It's a walk and it's a war. But we have, here's the good news, we have the Holy Spirit to help us in the race. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, but you must feed the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? You get into the Word of God, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit. You get into worship, which gets you in the Spirit, if you will. You pray, you fellowship, you share your faith. All the fundamental things that make you a runner fit to run well. Some of you uh, battle your weight and you battle staying in shape. And you know that there's a couple key things for fit people to do. One, they have to have a good diet. You know, it doesn't mean they can't have treats, but they overall have to have a good diet, consistently have a good diet. And what's the second thing? They have to consistently work out. And when you do those two things you're going to be in shape. It's not hard to figure out how you get in shape, but do you know how many people are actually in shape in our world? Well, probably less than are not in shape because it takes work. And your Christian life takes some work. Now you say, but Pastor Michael, you were just talking about grace. Yes, You're saved by grace. You're kept by grace. But how you run this race will be determined by your spiritual diet and how often you work out, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? This is not hard to figure out. The people that are ahead in the race, that are still in the race, that are keeping the pace, there's just a couple of simple yet very significant things to do. And those are the things that God is calling you back to, to learn to run again. You've got to do the fundamentals well. And here's the truth. Nobody can do them for you. I love those commercials late at night. They're selling those things that, you know, allegedly will get you in shape. And it's usually some sort of contraption that, you know, you can strap around your waist and (laughs) it kind of moves over your body. And this is going to get you that six pack you've always wanted. Or this is going to get you in shape. It just vibrates you. No, it's not. (laughs) Save your 1999 and three easy payments. You got to actually do it. Look, they call it a workout for a reason because it's work. You got to, have you ever noticed you do a workout and at my age, I'm I'm pretty much drag kicking and screaming to every workout I do now. (laughs) My body's like, no, don't do it. 
But then when I work out, inevitably what happens is my body starts feeling better. And those endorphins kick in. It's a pretty amazing thing that the Lord has designed into our body. We, we, we uh, pass a threshold, if you will. In long distance running, I did a little bit way back in the day. And I know that uh, there are so many times on a long distance run where my body was crying out to stop. And then once you pass the threshold, it seemed like things went into autopilot. And it became much easier to keep going. This is the running metaphor. And it's to run well is to obey the truth. Verse 8. <laughs> I'm laughing because I did one verse, but we'll move quickly now. This persuasion, Galatians 5.8, did not come from him who calls you. What persuasion? The persuasion of the false teachers. In Matthew 27, 20, the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. There are so many persuading influences out there, aren't there? You're listening to Learning to Run Again, part two on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter five, verses seven through 12. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. As an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael in the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, sometimes when we're studying passages in the Bible, we are like, wow, that's hard. You know, Jesus said some really harsh things to religious hypocrites, frankly. And Paul comes across really strong sometimes. And you may be new to the Bible and thinking, man, this sounds harsh. Well, let me tell you. The harshest language is usually warning language to try to keep you from falling in a pit. See, if your kid was about to cross the street and get hit by a car, you're going to yell at the top of your lungs. And you don't care what your neighbors think about your tone because your main concern is to save your child. And that's really how we have to see this. And, you know, here we are. We're talking about learning to run again. And Paul is saying, man, I don't want you to get run over. By false teaching, I don't want you to run in the wrong direction and fall off the cliff. So I'm willing to be harsh in the moment to spare you destruction. And that's, you know, that's why sometimes in Scripture, it's as strong as it is. Well, hey, here we are uh, moving toward a midweek Wednesday night service. We have a 7 p.m. service each Wednesday night at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor in the city of Corona. And we're going through a series called Medicine for the Soul, and it's in selected psalms. The psalms are so powerful, so beautiful, so authentic, so raw. And uh, I know you will benefit from joining us either in person, and you can find out information and directions at walkintruth.com, or join us in worship via live stream. Now, you can get to the live stream when you go to walkintruth.com. And just click on the church tab. You'll get to our YouTube channel. 
And you can join us for a midweek worship service from the comfort of your own living room. But don't get too comfortable. (laughs) And I say this because I am praying that the body of Christ gets back to church, physically being together as much as you can, if that's at all possible. And don't get too lazy because it's easy to... You know, you're, you're, you're in your living room. Oh man, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm going to cut up some vegetables. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden you're kind of tuning in halfway and you're not really engaged with the body. So please kind of take that as a, yeah, this is cool, but let's get back to fellowship. We really need to do that. And we need to be praying for the church in this day with all the turmoil and all the the stuff the church is facing for wisdom and that the body will come back together in love. And let's be praying that the Lord will keep everybody healthy as well. So glad you listened to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Keep us in prayer. Support us uh, if you can. We appreciate it. Walkintruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. One more thing before you go. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $10 monthly partnership helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and to do free apologetic events like the one we had earlier this month. And it helps us to grow to be on more radio stations. It's all part of our mission to equip you and future listeners with the truth in the Bible and how it applies to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thanks to everyone who's become a monthly partner. You're a blessing and a part of our mission. Thank you. Now, come back tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, verses 7 through 12, called Learning to Run Again. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.